Today is the 24th day of Ramadan. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts our worship as acts of ibadah and we pray that he forgives our shortcomings. Amin. So before we go into today's episode, let me quickly enlighten us on the issue of fortune tellers that we mentioned yesterday. Now, these fortune tellers are divided into two categories. The first of them are those that have no real knowledge. They only go about making calculated guesses and some of their guesses coincide with the truth. So people tend to remember the few predictions that come true and forget many, the many that do not come true. The second sect, the second group of them are those that have contact with the jinn. Now, what is the role of the jinn? These people, these fortune tellers, they summon these jinns by what? By performing acts that Allah subhanahu wa has forbidden us to, perf- to perform. They partner in sin and disbelief. So once they make, once the contact with the jinn is made by the fortune tellers, the jinn may, may inform them of certain events in the future. And the Prophet ﷺ described how the jinns gather information about the future. He said, the jinns, they were able to travel to the lower, the lowest part of the heavens and listen in on some of the information about the future, which the angels pass amongst themselves. So they will return to the earth and feed the information to their human contact. From this, it is very clear that what jinns do not have knowledge of the unseen. No fortune teller has knowledge of the unseen. The jinns steal the words that they hear from the angels. And in fact, the angels themselves do not have any knowledge of that until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them of it. Also, there's another channel in which jinns get information that is through a man's calling. That's the jinn that has been assigned to every human being. So if a man approaches a fortune teller, the, the jinn of that fortune teller is going to meet with the jinn of the man. He's going to ask, he's going to get information from the man's calling of what plans he made prior to his coming. So the fortune teller is able to tell him that he will do this or he will do that or he will go here or he will go there. And by this method, yes, the real fortune teller is able to learn about the stranger's past in vivid details. So he's able to tell a total stranger of his parents, his name, where he was born, his childhood and so many other things that you don't expect anybody to know. And that's why the Prophet Sallallahu laid down principles that clearly forbid any form of visitation to fortune tellers. Prophet Sallallahu said what? The prayer of whoever approaches a fortune teller and asks him about anything will not be accepted for 40 days and nights. And Prophet Sallallahu also said, whoever approaches a fortune teller and believes what he says has disbelieved in what was revealed to Muhammad Sallallahu So you see, also, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Luqman verse 34, Indeed, the knowledge of the hour is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. It is he who sends down the rain and knows the contents of the wombs. No one knows what he will earn tomorrow, nor in which land he will die. But Allah is all-knowing and aware. So this is, it is very, very clear that nobody has knowledge of the unseen except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us to adhere to his principles. Now, so today we're actually going to be looking at the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu where he said to a man while he was advising him, take advantages of five matters before five other matters. So what are these five matters? Before the five other matters, yes. Prophet Sallallahu said, Take advantages of five matters before five other matters. Number one, your youth before you become old. Two, your health before you fall sick. Three, your richness before you become poor. Four, your free time before you become busy. And lastly, your life before your death. So it is as if the Prophet is pointing out that these five matters are very easy to obtain. They are easy to prey on, to catch. You know, they are very simple to benefit from. This is because they are treasures that everybody, everybody possesses, but only few people appreciate. So the first thing, take advantage of your youth before your old age. You know, youthfulness is a time when a person is most energetic, when we lay out the foundation of our future, we plan our life. So the Professor Lysen said to take advantage of this time before the time comes when we do not have that enthusiasm again, when we do not have the zeal. You know, the enthusiasm, the energy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with right now, we can never get it again after this age. So the Prophet told us to seize the moment, take advantage of it. We should exercise this energy for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By procuring knowledge, you know, learn more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obtain halal sustenance. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through acts that you may not be able to, that you may not find easy later in life. Youth does not mean the Western concept of youthfulness that finishes when someone is 18 or 19 or that in islamic sharia in islamic sharia a man's life has been divided into a number of stages and according to the strongest opinion it means youth means what before reaching the age of 40 because 40 is the prime of life when mental and physical capabilities are reached a peak and after that they start to decline so the prophet said the professor said seven are the people that will be sheltered on the day of judgment the day in which there is no shade except the shade of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so one of these seven people the Prophet mentioned was a youth who grew up in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember that the youth is up to 40. So this young person, whether he is 20 or 30 or right before reaching that age, as long as he has grown up and he has been raised, he has grown up, he has been raised, or he has raised himself busy in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will be among those that will be, that will be in Allah's shade. On the day when there will be no shade except that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, Prophet Sallallahu told us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with and amazed at the youth who does not have any evil inclination. Any evil inclination. Allah loves this person. Allah is amazed at him because in general, it is the youth. Because of our strong desires, we tend to be swayed left and right, you know, away from the path of the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A lot of people say, I want to enjoy my youth. I'll repent when I'm old. 
But nobody has guaranteed you old age. So make use of this time. Make use of this youth. Because perhaps in your old age, you won't have the strength to perform this act of worship. Might I make it easy? The second thing, take advantage of your health before you fall sick. Your health. The fact that we live a normal life and we are not afflicted with disease or plague, it represents that we have good health. So we should take advantage of this before we start getting sick. Everyone will fall sick. Everyone falls sick. We are humans, of course. So there will be a time when we will fall sick. And some of, some of the time, the sickness will be more severe. The professor reminds us, is reminding us that what? We do not know when we have full possession of our faculties, of our strength, of our mental powers before we fall sick. So we should take advantage of now that we are healthy before we fall sick. The professor Lyson said, but there are two blessings the majority of mankind have been deceived concerning. The majority of mankind do not appreciate these two blessings. They are good health and free time. So once upon a time, a person came to Yunus Bun by one of the scholars of the Salaf and he complained of extreme poverty as he has not been blessed with much. So Yunus asked him, would you be willing to give away your sight for a certain amount of money? And the man said no. Then he asked him, would you be willing to give away your hands? He said no. He asked him, your feet? He said no. So when this man finished, Yunus told him, I see that you have hundreds of thousands of millions of blessings. Yet, you are complaining of poverty. So, we have our full faculties. We can see, we can hear, we can walk, we can talk. Look at someone who Allah subhanahu wa has tested with blindness. It is a very severe test. And that is why Professor Sallam said, There are two things. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes them away from a person and he is patient, he is guaranteed Jannah. And these two things are the two eyes. So in other words, if a person is blind, I will seek Allah's refuge from the physical and spiritual blindness in this world and in the hereafter. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing such a person. If he is patient, Allah will reward him with Jannah. How about us? The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed with eyesight, with hearing, with health, with arms, with limb, energy, vitality, enthusiasm, and so many other things. Yet we do not appreciate the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do we not realize how sweet good health is? It's something we should use for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now that we have been blessed with health, we should use them in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The least we can do is the third actions, like observing the five daily salah, fasting in Ramadan, you know, going for hajj when you have the wealth, when you have the, the, the wealth, yes, the capacity. So all of this require our physical bodies. It is the best we can do. The, bare, the, the, the It is the least we can do, rather. The bare minimum. Of course, there are so many acts of worship that we can do. And it is better for us to engage in these acts of worship. The third thing is to take advantage of our richness before poverty. You know, one day, we might not have anything. And the next, we might have so much more than we need. One day, a person might have the best of jobs and the largest of salary. Yet, the next day, something happened and he does not have that job anymore. He loses his source of income. So, the wise person is the person that uses his richness before he becomes poor. He invests for his future. As for the investments of this dunya, then the kafir and the Muslim, they are both the same. They both do that. We both invest in this dunya. 
So the Professor Lila Silim will store food items even up to a year. Sometimes he will store barley and grain for a whole year for his family. So this is obviously something halal as the prophet himself did it and we should do it. We should make sure we have enough money for our family, for our children, for ourselves so that we do not go poor, so that we do not have to be beggars. This is no doubt a part of our Sharia. But while we are doing this, let us not forget that we also need to invest in the Akhir. Yes. Should we not think about investing this money so we can pick it, so we can pluck it in the in the hereafter, when we need it far more than we need it in this world? We need to invest for the real future, which is our life after our death. You know, Professor Lai, someone once asked his companions, he asked them, who amongst you love his inheritor's money more than his money? And they replied, Ya Rasulullah. All of us love our money more than we love the money of our inheritors. We all love our own money. We guard it and we protect it much more than the money of our inheritors. Then the Prophet said, Verily, the money that you spend in charity is your money. And the money that you leave behind is the money of your inheritors. So let us ponder over this hadith. How true it is. The father loves his money more than the money of his son. Does he not realize that one day his son will take that very money of his and will have nothing to do with it and the father will have nothing to do with it and all that will be left is the money that he spent when he was alive for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if there was any 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 of such money any of it spent in the in charity in, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is money that will be yours permanently sadaqa zakah any type of monetary good you do. Even besides this, there are so many things we do. There are so many other things that we do that is charity. But yes, sadaqa. Sadaqa is a very, very good act of charity. No matter what, what little thing you have. The prophet said we should protect ourselves from the fire of hell, even if it's with half, half of a date. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You don't have to have millions. In order to what? In order to give out the little you have in charity. The fourth thing is to take advantage of your free time be before you become busy. This is another great treasure that every one of us possesses. Yes, every single one of us must use our free time before we become busy. How much free time do we have and what do we waste it on? Think about it. Think about how much free time we've been blessed with. We have hours and hours every day and they go by. We waste it. We waste it primarily on TV, on social media. Gossip, socialization, things that have, they have no benefit to us in this dunya and in the akhir. Remember the hadith of the prophet about the two blessings, health and free time, that most people have been deceived by. In other words, we do not realize the blessings of health and free time. You may have to work eight hours a day, no problem. Allah has allowed this for you. He has obligated it upon you. When you come home, you have four or five hours. So spend these four or five hours wisely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. Spend them wisely. It doesn't matter if the only free time you have is 30 minutes, which is very impossible. You can't have just 30 minutes free of your life. But even if it's just 30 minutes you have, spend it wisely in the, in the part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before you have no more minutes. Yes. 
recite the Quran, even if it's just five to ten minutes in a day. You know, improve your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Perform a few extra nawafil. It is not so hard. These are very, very important things that we should do. We should learn to do. There's so many things. In fact, it's not it's not just about performing a nawafil act, you know, learning a trade, reading a book. There are also acts of worship. As long as we change our intentions and do them solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So do not waste your time. Do not waste your time. The fifth thing is to take advantage of our life before our death. Every one of us has a life. And that is why we are here right now. Every one of us without a doubt will die. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you are going to die. And they too are going to die. Allah says that in Surah Zumar. Verse 30, you are going to die and they too are going to die. He was referring to the prophet. And as he said, the prophet Salaam passed away. And so did the people that opposed him and believed in him. They all passed away. And the turn came for those after them, and those after them, and those after them. And now it is our turn. So the prophet Salaam reminded us to take advantage of our life before our death. And this is the greatest of foresight. Yes. The prophet concluded the five things. It's it, the, the, taking taking advantage of our life before our death is like a summary of the previous four things that we've been asked to take advantage of. So it is very important. Allah says about the kafirs in in the Quran. Allah says when death comes to them, when death comes to them, they will say what on the day of judgment they will say in short to Sajda verse twelve, O oh our Lord. We have seen and we have heard. Let us go back to do good deeds. We are now believers. So they claim to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the day of judgment. But Allah will not allow this to happen because everyone has one life. Nobody will die and come back to this dunya. It doesn't happen. There's no reincarnation of any soul. No. Once you die, you're gone. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this life. So we must make the best use of it in this dunya so that we can be compensated accordingly in the hereafter. So these are the five things that the Prophet ﷺ advised us towards to make use of, to, to take advantage of before five other things. Our youth before our old age, our health before we fall sick, our wealth before we become poor, our free time before we become busy, and our life before our death. So this hadith deals with responsibility, with wisdom, foresight, good strategy. Now, every one of us has been blessed with these five blessings. There is no one who has not been blessed with these five things. So how do we utilize them? How do we, what do we utilize them for? Why do we utilize them? And the wise person is the one who strives to achieve the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then expect the best from Allah. The wise one is the one who tries to arrive at the goal and then has tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, tawakkul doesn't mean to sit down in your house and say, well, I'm going to be rich if Allah wills. <laughs> Subhanallah. We must strive, yes, in order to attain any goodness in this dunya or in the akhir, we must strive. Even if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written you as one of the inhabitants of Jannah, it is already your qadr. If you don't strive for that jannah, you end up in the hellfire first. 
Yala Spanatala protect us. So please, let's try to make use of these five things. Let's take advantage of them before we are deprived of them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdik. Ashad Allah ila illa ant. Astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allahu 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 Allahu